Did you know that there are literally dozens of podcasts dedicated to the Cleveland Browns, but not one dedicated to Cleveland culture and general shit-talking? Have you ever heard someone say, what the fuck is in Cleveland, and thought, I wish I had something I could throw in their face? Well, get ready, baby, because we're here to talk all things Cleveland. Current events. Local news. Arts and culture. Food. Millennial musings. And maybe some murder. That's Audrey Imes. That's Ryan Judy. And And we'll we'll see see you in Cleveland. Drag brunch. We just got back. Uh, it was very fun. It was awesome. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we went to drag brunch, which was pretty amazing this month, if you ask me. I feel like we've been going for a long time now. I feel like the last couple times, like, they're really, like, they're getting it tight. Yeah. Like, they're getting it, like, they're getting in a groove with it. Like, there's not really a lot of, like, technical difficulties usually. And when there are, it's so cute. Like, I don't right. think anybody really cares anyway. Uh, I just love the atmosphere and like anytime I'm at a drag show, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like my heart is literally fluttering around like a butterfly. I know. I can't stop smiling the (laughs) entire time. I have like the biggest grin on my face and I'm just like having the best time watching them have a great time. I think that's why it's so amazing to watch drag is because you're literally watching someone like give 100%. And they're confident, they're sexy, like they're giving it everything. And just to watch anybody do that ever is so exciting. That's what I think every time, like even a drag queen that isn't doing a good job amazes me. Yeah. Because that bitch is still wearing way more makeup than I know how to put on. They're still up there in heels. Heels that I could never walk in, much less dance in. Seriously. Their outfits are something I would feel ridiculous, like not ridiculous in, but just like my own insecurity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would never feel that confident. Right. So I could sit here and probably rave about how much I love drag queens and even Cleveland drag queens specifically. But drag brunch was amazing. Yeah. It was Sassy Sasha's um, two-year anniversary mm-hmm. of the drag brunch. So it was packed. There was mm-hmm. probably the most people oh, yeah. that there's ever been at the Winchester. Like, I'm really bad at guessing, but, like, how many people were there in your oh, opinion? wow. I don't know. Like, like over, like, 150, like, 100, 150? Yeah, like, if I picture, if I think about places I used to work, and I picture everybody who used to work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was packed for sure. It was a big place. It was, Which yeah. is funny because we went to Drag Brunch the first time two years ago. Uh-huh. And it was over at Latitude 49 in uh-huh. Gordon Square. And that was packed. Do you remember like how yeah. crazy it was? Like I there were so many people in there and they had oh. to, they, they had to move to another place because like it was, way it was just bags. way too crowded. So it's fun to come two years later. And it's, like, still crazy. Yeah, highly recommend checking that out. It's a great way to spend your Sunday. Yeah. So what else have you been up to this week, Ryan? Um, well, I just got back from Columbus. All right. Yeah, Brennan and I took his brother's car down there because they switched cars. So Brennan could mm-hmm. work on him. So mm, we went down and we also had to pick up his brother from the airport. He just flew in from Florida. Just super jealous of. Yeah. He oh, kept saying seriously. how cold it was. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I was warm. <laughs> it is freezing. Seriously. Like today especially. So that's right. probably a There was no track. snow down there though. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. We just like hung out. We went to this Mexican restaurant called Casuela's. Mm-hmm. And... There's a f- couple, few of them in Columbus, okay. I know. 
Um, but it's like your typical like Mexican, but it's done very well. I will say like, okay. it's like top notch. I've never had a bad meal there as well. I'll I've never say no times. to a Mexican or Mexican never. adjacent type food ever. Yeah. Ever. It was great. So yeah, my weekend was lovely. How was yours? Um, uh, my weekend's been pretty good. Pretty good. I've had a good week. Um, you know, I, I realized listening back that we mentioned last week, I made such a big deal about the fact that I was unemployed. <laughs> But I'm not unemployed anymore, so I feel like I just have to, yeah, I have to say that. Um, So I'll be starting a new job this coming week, really excited, still committed to this podcast, and we are going to keep it happening because I love it so far. Yeah. Um, But I'm really excited about that, just a little highlight, and then... Um, I went back to Bin Treasures, uh, which oh, was my bin feature last week. Yes, in Northfield, Ohio. Um, I took my 11-year-old cousin, Ava, because she loves to go shopping, loves to just, she just wants you to buy her everything. Yeah. That store so like, is like perfect for like a, a kid. kid. Yeah. yeah, like honestly, she, I mean, I'm not going to say she like loved it, but the kid spent like eight or nine dollars. So she got a bag load of shit. Mm-hmm. She was totally happy. Thankfully, you know, she's kind of a, she's a crazy kid. I love her. I admire, like, she's so smart. She's so creative. But sometimes she says super fucked up shit in public that she shouldn't say. But it's, you know, whatever. It's tension. She's working on it. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, like, none of that. We had a great time. We didn't see any dildos, which mm. she would have had a field day with, oh, making I'm jokes. Sure. Um, so thank God that didn't happen. But yeah. Did you get anything? Um, well, I only got a couple things. So okay. I'll just say I got a, another wallet. <laughs> another and i got a little pouch uh i actually have it though so uh, i got a little pouch for like pens um and i think that was it actually but it was still it was still fun to look at everything again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're just gonna be filled with wallets from bin treasures you know like like most i don't know about other i think most women have like i have like 30 wallets like i have a lot of wallets do you like ever like interchange them because i'm way too lazy i could never do that like to like move all my shit from one sometimes i do if i have like a like chelsea our friend gave me a wallet last year a coach one and i used that for the last year just because it was nice and it was a really nice gift and i loved it yeah um but like these kinds of wallets that i buy at places like bin treasures those i will just kind of like swap in and out sometimes like Mm -hmm. if i'm in between nice wallets or you know just need to mix it up different season um so yeah i mean anybody who listens to this let me know like how many wallets you have and if i'm weird i also this is a smart hack for organization i put all my wallets in a larger tote bag Oh, wow. So I have a, just, a tote, just a tote bag full of wallets, wallets. and I, then I, I don't have to, like, have somewhere else to keep all mm. these fucking wallets. I just, they're hanging with all my purses. They're in that tote bag. I will say, whenever you have a garage sale, oh. it will be amazing. Like, we, we're going to market oh. the shit out of that yeah. because yeah. you're going to have so much amazing stuff. I had one. Remember last year? <laughs> That's true. You did and just did. have one recently. And it was it was actually less successful than I imagined, but I think it was just maybe we didn't promote it well enough. We also did it really late in the season. Mm. Garage sales are one of my specialties, one of my fortes. We will be talking a lot about garage sales come come in the summer months. Come in the season. Right. Prime garage sale season, candidly, like if I'm being candid, Memorial Day to July 4th. Mm. After July 4th, it's over. Like there's still going to be some. No one really Like, wants if you're, to... like, a really hardcore garage sailor, like, we're still gonna go, but, like, you should, the, like, if you want to get out and get some shit, you gotta go, that's the season, right in there, which is really, like, a month. It's really the month of June. Yeah, so it's been a great week. I'll definitely also be bringing up some more adventures with Ava, because she's hilarious. Shout out to Ava. Ava, hope you listening, girl. Maybe. You're kind of <laughs> young for this. 
But you got the vocabulary. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said it to like TVMA as our rating. That's nothing. (laughs) Are you kidding me? She's laughing right now going, Ryan, (laughs) please, please, child. Um, Okay, so other than the stuff we had going on this week, I did want to call back, and I don't want to do this every week or make a habit of it, but I did want to call back to one thing that we talked about last week, which was sort of our, like, national story, like, big news. Yeah. And it was when we covered that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry were going to be, can I still call him Prince Harry? Is he still Prince Harry? I mean, they dropped their titles, right? We don't say His Royal Highness anymore, but I don't know if he's still technically a prince. I think so. He could come back. Okay, we'll do another correction next week anyway. (laughs) I wanted to just bring it up again because there have been a lot of updates this week. A lot of moves have been made. And they have officially, like, as of, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, they're, like, officially, like, not... Mem- like, oh, they're members of the royal family, but they're not official members of the royal mm. family anymore. Which I'll be candid, I thought they were still going to be dipping their toes in a little bit, which we definitely, I think, thought that yeah. last week when we were talking about it. But it does sound like a pretty official sever. Meghan Markle drove herself to the airport on Friday. Wow. Can you imagine? Honestly, that sounds so freeing after like living oh. like a really like what song? luxurious life. But then you're like, I'm going to keep it like super basic. My, I'm going to drive she myself. She probably has like a Mercedes. For the first time in like probably two or three years, at least she's driving herself. What song do you think she played? I it, Beyonce. Freedom by Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be mine. Yes, oh, the, absolutely. Like, screaming it with the windows down. Harry's in the passenger seat <laughs> doing Kendrick's verse. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. But yeah. So I wanted to bring that up. The other reason I wanted to, like, correct or bring it up or whatever, um, let's be honest, the real reason is I'm afraid that the royal family is going to kill me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we are on the royal shit list, that's for sure. But anyway, what I was thinking about was we commented that they were still going to be having perks paid for by British taxpayers. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. We were mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. My assumptions or, you know, vaguely researched assumptions were wrong. They're not going to have anything paid for by British taxpayers anymore, including security. There'll be none of that. They're going to have to pay for all that themselves. Mm-hmm. And additionally, I talked some shit, which was really my mother talking shit, but we talked some shit about how pe- the British people paid for their wedding, which is still true, but they are going to be paying back two point four million pounds which is roughly three million dollars for renovations that were made to their like their big residence like their home like in like recently basically they're like okay you guys just renovated our house and now we're doing this we're gonna pay that money back as part Mm -hmm. of this like agreement that we're leaving well that's so right they classed it up a little bit it was probably classy the whole time and i was just being a bee but Mm -hmm. it was it's still developing like there's 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 still really working out those terms super interested well i think the terms are oh really that's it yeah like they have to pay this back it's it's all gonna be like official by spring was okay. what I read. Like, I think the main thing, the only reason they're still hanging on is, like, Harry has, like, certain positions. Um, like, he's the in, the youth ambassador or something um, for Great Britain, and he has to probably, like, hand off, like, any responsibilities with that um, and other things plan. like that. So, yeah. yeah. But um, just interesting updates there. The most interesting thing about it to me, and this didn't occur to me until this morning, is Harry... For the first time in his whole life, like, 
I think a lot of the media is making me think of it very much from Meghan Markle's perspective because of the way that they're talking about it because it's like so much of like the motivation behind what they're doing is the fact that she was being so heavily scrutinized and they're just like fucking over it. Yeah. I also was thinking about how like for him, it's got to be a super mindfuck. That's like leaving a cult. Yeah. Like that's a super mindfuck. Like your whole, like he's the one driving down the highway somewhere blasting the Beyonce song by himself probably. He's going to the grocery store. Because nobody else in history, nobody else alive knows what that feels like. The only other person who knows what that feels like would have been his mother because she lost the title. But even then she didn't have it her whole life. The only other person who really knows what that feels like is Prince Andrew who abdicated the throne, I believe in 1936 to marry an American woman because he didn't want to marry those Americans who they want. And he was like, I want to fucking go live with this actress. I think yeah. I think she was an actress. Yeah. So princess Diana was the last Royal to lose her HRH, which is her Royal Highness title. They refer to it as HRH. Oh. Like that's the shorthand. Okay. She was the last person to lose that title when she divorced uh, Prince Charles in 1996. And she died almost exactly one year later, almost yeah. to the date. Uh, in 1997, I just I thought mm. that was sad but interesting. I'm going to try to bring up Princess Diana in every episode. Yeah, why not? Let's make it a goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already heavily deep into the royal family. We might as well just take it from here. <laughs> Maybe this is just a repeat thing. <laughs> every week, we're going to give you guys an update on what's going on. Royal yeah. Watch from Cleveland. Our 50th episode, and it's going to be so long because we'll just have to keep Fun. talking about each topic again and again. Right. Fun fact, people in Cleveland obsessed with the royal family. Yeah. Something you've learned today. So our features for the week. Yeah, my feature this week is someplace that we went to last month, actually. Um, it is called the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft Ooh. and Magic. And that's magic with a K. So Shit. just so you already know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. No, what's actually really interesting about this place is... I was like a little nervous kind of going. Mm -hmm. I was like, because we just didn't know what to expect. We just Googled it and we're like, that place sounds cool. You know, we kind of like occult museums. I I, I like occult stuff like that. So um, I was really interested in going despite not having any idea. I did. I was kind of comparing it to in New Orleans. We went to the Museum of Death. Ooh, okay. And I kind of like just imagined it very similar, just like artifacts on the wall. Before you relating, you were kind of imagining the yeah. Right. So um, we went there, and it's in the old Brooklyn neighborhood. Um, I believe it's on Broadview. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, right. It's like next to these like cute little shops. There's a salon. I was totally going to shout out the little shops around yeah. it too. Because we, yeah, we went to this really cute little bookstore that was like yes. right next door. And I think all the books, oh my gosh, didn't the lady tell you that the books were all books that her and her daughter had collected and yes. then they opened a store? Yes. It's called Corner of the Sky yes. Bookstore. Good yes. Job. I asked her because like it was the most random assortment of books. It was awesome. I was just like, where did these come from? Yeah. And they were all just like her and her daughter. Mm-hmm. But the store is actually pretty cool. They have like some other stuff there besides books. Mm-hmm. Like records. Yes. And stuff like, like that. Like little novelties. Yeah. Greeting cards. I actually bought a Christmas gift while we were there. Like a print of mm-hmm. a photograph. Yeah. So yes. They had but this things. is not about Corner of the Sky. <gasps> no. Maybe another about, time. But maybe another time <laughs> when we're talking about bookstores. This is about Buckland. Yes. Um. So... 
we walk into the museum and immediately it's like a little gift shoppy like front area. For a second, I got pissed because I was like, where's the museum? But yeah, then I right. realized it's it's right there. Right. So <laughs> there, there's like two rooms, one small room, with the, which is like the gift shoppy area. And which then there's cool. a second room, which is like the museum. Which is a bigger room. Yeah, exactly. Not, not like humongous. Just think of like a store. Not to but, harp on the gift shop, but they did have a really... I I mean the biggest collection I've ever seen of like witchcraft books yes. and stuff like a, like a couple walls of books mm-hmm. so like if you're interested in that or looking for that and you want to support like a Cleveland thing mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a cool place to go check yeah. out and they also had some great crystals there <sighs> yeah if they you did. need those crystals honey mm, I'm not there. even into crystals I almost bought a couple because yeah. they were just pretty yeah mm-hmm. I got Alexa a ring there as well right. for Christmas. Which I made fun of. I called her a poser. Because I'm kind of like, if you're not actually like a Wiccan or a Satanist, we shouldn't wear that. But whatever. She's She admires it. So mm. I give it to her, it I was, guess. It, it was funny. Whenever I went to go back into the store to buy it for Christmas. Um, <laughs> Just funny. I Exactly. I told the guy who were, who's working the counter, I, w- I told her it was... I told the guy at the counter that it was for my friend's birthday because I was too nervous to say Christmas. Yeah. Because I didn't want him to think. Do they do birthdays? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. What if he was still like, (laughs) 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 He was like, that's nice, you're a nice friend. Which is also funny because whenever I bought your birthday gift as well, this I got the same exact reaction from someone. Like, wow, what a great friend. I was like, do people just not get their like best friend's gifts or something? Anyways, back to Buckland. Yes. So the museum was $7 to get in. So we pretty quick, quickly wanted to like see what it was about. Yeah. So we went in and the guy comes up to us and I'm like trying to remember his name. He was really cool. He just had like a really like very like chill, like vibe, like uh, I don't want to say vibe, chill vibe about him, but he yeah. did. He was just like very relaxed and yeah. which was nice because I was a little on edge going there just because I know it's like witchcraft magic spooky so i was a little scared so it was Mm -hmm. nice to have this like chill tour guide for sure so he kind of like took us back and talked to us a little bit about the museum and gave us the history Mm -hmm. which really the history is um it's named after raymond buckland and it was actually originally founded by him and it's moved to ohio since um and it seems like this guy who took us on the tour he like pretty much manages a lot of these like pieces that were originally from Buckland, but also from, right. He's like a curator, but also from other um, prominent people in witchcraft Mm -hmm. as well. So this guy, Raymond Buckland, is there anything like crazy, creepy or wild? Like did he do crazy fireside seances naked by the moonlight dancing like (laughs) everybody would think i'm sure he did do stuff like that but it also seemed like this guy was much more of like a lecturer almost a philosopher right like a philosopher right Mm -hmm. like he was much more interested in like the education i think and like spreading witchcraft as like a religion versus (laughs) like being out there like naked doing seances and like promoting that right exactly super like not correct probably (laughs) right but i mean that's what i mean that's what most people probably think of right Right. like i would bet the majority of people when they think of witchcraft they think of like witches that's why you should go to these places and and educate yourself exactly about about the history because it's really interesting outside of whatever crazy things you've seen in movies (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah so he really just took us around and kind of explained a few pieces 
And there was some really cool pieces yeah. there. Okay, one of my favorites um, was definitely the most creepy one. It was this little box. <gasps> I was totally going to talk about the box, <laughs> too, and I'm so glad you're saying it. It was in go. this, like, glass case, and it was, like, a little wooden box, and around it, there's, like, these, like, white crystals, in a, like, circling it. It's salt, isn't it? Salt. It's salt. salt. Yeah, it's, like, really, like big crystally like uh sea salt mm. in a circle around this little wooden box which anybody who has watched the show supernatural knows circle of salt is absolutely to ward off demons or to trap demons yes inside of the circle which in this case is what it's doing yes. because the demon is trapped in this box and there's actually like a picture behind it where like so i i believe it was raymond buckland who actually trapped right this, this mm-hmm. demon so yes and he, it was him and his friend and i believe his friend drew the demon b- before they had captured it inside <laughs> the box but i will say that being around that box i mean oh. i felt weird right i walked strange. away like there's like a little plaque in front of the, the glass case that has like a couple paragraphs explaining it i got like three sentences in and just fucking walked away from it i don't let that shit in my in my space, in my spirit, in my car. I just, like, I was doing yeah. off the shoulders <laughs> as I walked away in little prayers. Like, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in that shit. And no, thank you. I don't even need to know what that is. I'm yeah. just going to walk away from it. That, yeah, that was really cool. Um, one of the biggest pieces there was, I believe it was Buckland's robes. Yes. And mm-hmm. it was, like, this purple, gorgeous inspired. robe. Like, yeah. I... Wanted to put it on, but obviously not because, like, I then I would be scared after that. I'd be like, "Oh my god, he's he's in, he's in my he's brain in now." No, but it <laughs> would just look gorgeous, and I was like, "Wow, I would love to wear that." Yeah, they were fabulous, and in this, like, um, I hope something I own is in a glass case like that. Okay, another thing that I really liked was this portrait of this cat that is sometimes in the museum, um, and it's called Robat the Cat. And this painting of the kitty is, for some reason, so stark. Like, you just see it, and you're immediately drawn in. And it's just a picture of, like, a black cat. Is his tongue out? We're looking at the photo on Ryan's computer. Okay, so his tongue is out. Other than the tongue being out, it is... There's It's something about the black background black cat that is, like... It's yeah, spook. and I do think in general there's other pictures of this cat on their Facebook oh, page. Oh, there he is! I didn't even see the cat is in this, this photo. Cat, Aww, like, I don't so know. If he's very cute. Like, he's got these like really cute eyes. <laughs> Were you about to say he looks evil? <laughs> <laughs> no, he do- he doesn't look evil. He looks really cute. Like, I don't know. I can't explain he's it, but this like cat is so adorable. Eye. And then I would say one of the other things they had in there was actually this, like, art exhibition by local Cleveland artist, Barry William Hale. And it was a really massive piece, and I'm not even going to try to describe it. I believe it's still there. So if you go, you'll be able to see it. It's this, like, massively colorful. Like, neon colors. Yeah, like, really psychedelic. Yeah. But it's super cool. Yeah, it looked really cool, and it was massive. Um, So definitely check that out if you're there. Another thing that really stood out to me, similar, is just all the art that was in there, like from the exhibits to like stuff like this that might be temporary. It was just like a really cool, there was so much cool stuff to see. So definitely. Yeah. We were there for probably like a good like 45 minutes to an hour, which I would say you could probably spend an hour there, especially with the gift shop too, Mm -hmm. if you like really start looking around. Totally. But yeah, that's my feature for this week, the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic with a K. Um, It's really great. Um, Definitely go check it out. Love it. Love it. Spooked by it. Super spooked. Mm 
So are you ready for your feature? Yeah, you know I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) So for my feature this week, I wanted to do something a little different. And it's something that I'd like to do from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that we allude to in our intro. But I want to be clear that I'm in no way trying to turn this into a true crime podcast. However, I do really want to take time every so often to feature or talk about a true crime that has been committed in Cleveland. Oh, okay. Um, And this is a segment that I will lovingly be referring to as the Cleaver. Oh, I like that. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So Cleveland has some pretty infamous true crime cases uh, tied to its history, including serial killer Anthony Sowell, mm-hmm. who um, I'm pretty sure they caught when we were in like high school. Yeah, I remember which was all that happened. Wild. It like was wild. I wasn't like as fascinated with true crime back then, but oh my god, if that happened right now, oh yeah, it would be all I would be talking about. Um, Ariel Castro is another oh, infamous oh gosh, one. Yes. Remember who, when we almost, like, when we were looking at that place that was, like, right down the street from yes. where that happened? And we were like, wait a second. It was no. the most beautiful apartment, and it wasn't until I sent it to my mother, and she's like, sweetie, that's on Seymour Avenue, like, right by where Ariel Castro lived. So, yeah, there was um, him. And then um, even further back, you've got the Cleveland Torso murders, which were in the 1930s and were famously investigated by Elliot Ness, who is known for bringing down Al Capone. Yes, and Great Lakes named a beer after him. Oh, right. Mm. Oh, delicious. (laughs) What would I know? Um, So I consider myself to be a pretty big true crime fan, as I've said. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I'm not too big on true crime, but, like, I definitely enjoy it, and I really always love a good story. Um, So, yeah, I would say I'm lightly interested. Nice. Well, the case that I've brought you today is definitely interesting. It's one of Cleveland's most infamous unsolved crimes i love an unsolved crime Mm -hmm. not for the humanity side of it i hate that side of it but um the mystery like i will i have multiple unsolved true crimes that i'm literally obsessed with and i toss and turn in my head all the time so um this is a case that my own mother used to use as a cautionary tale for me constantly and that most people who grow up in cleveland We'll certainly remember hearing about hmm. the kidnapping and murder of Amy Mahalovic. Have you heard I don't, of this? I don't know who that is, really. No. That's okay. I think people like five to ten years older than us will definitely have heard of it and remember it. And it was recently in the news because the 30-year anniversary of the, the crime actually wow. just happened. So for those of you that haven't heard about Amy, um, I'm going to tell you all about it right now. So... 10-year-old Amy Mahalovic was abducted on the afternoon of Friday, October 27th, 1989. Mm. She was last seen at the Bay Village Square Shopping Center, which is in, of course, Bay Village, Mm -hmm. Ohio, which is a pretty nice suburb of Cleveland, west side, near the lake. Nice houses is what I think of when I think of Bay Village. Yeah, like classic suburban. Mm -hmm. And she lived there with her mother, her father, older brother, very typical family, Uh, The day that Amy disappeared, witnesses reported seeing her with an unknown man at the shopping center after school. But that was the last time she was ever seen alive, and police have never identified the man who met and presumably took and murdered her. Hmm. Um, So after she went missing, Amy's friends reported to the police that 
um, she had told them at school that a man named Frank had called her in the days before her disappearance, called her on the phone at home. Mm -hmm. Um, The man named Frank allegedly claimed to work with Amy's mother, and he suggested that Amy should meet him at the shopping center after school on the Friday of that week to buy a like a congratulatory gift for her mom. So this person's like referencing her family, calling her at home, but like you're a 10 year old girl. Like I can totally see how a kid would get wrapped up, especially in 1989. Like when I think everyone was just a little bit more naive to these things, including certainly children. Mm -hmm. The strange part here, even stranger than the call itself is that Amy's mom had recently received a promotion at work, but authorities never linked the disappearance to anyone from her office. And I couldn't really find anything online that like said that that was a really strong lead for them. Mm-hmm. It could have just been a crazy been a coincidence. coincidence. That's what that's what I would think. Right. So the whole story got even creepier in November 2006. Obviously, this is way years later, but Mm -hmm. at that point, um, people were really clamoring for more information about the case, Mm -hmm. even though it was pretty cold by that point. And in 2006, November, I'm sorry, in 2006, investigators actually revealed that several other young girls in the North Olmsted area, which is really close to Bay Village, had received really sim- like the same phone calls oh, wow. from some strange man claiming that he worked with the girl's mothers, wanted to help buying a present to celebrate a promotion. And the other girls who received the calls, um, most of them or some of them had unlisted phone numbers. So investigators were really confused, like, how did they, how did he, whoever this person is, even get the phone numbers mm-hmm. and know that these children were there? Right. So he must have got the phone, phone numbers from like a school like i immediately think of like a school teacher or yeah. something like that that's a really good guess do you want to know what the connection was between amy mahalovic yes. and these other girls because there was it? one. Oh, really yes. what was it so police investigated and found that mahalovic as well as some of the other girls who got phone calls had visited the Lake Erie Nature and Science Center, oh. which is located in Bay Village. Mm-hmm. I've been there before. You have? I have. So the center had a logbook by their front door, which police determined the girls and their families may have signed with like personal information, including phone numbers and maybe even their oh. addresses, which is so scary to think of. Some stranger who wants to commit terrible crimes against children you know, picking their victims off of this random logbook at a place that's supposed to be like a fun, safe, like educational experience. And, you know, the other thing with that is like, to me, that seems like a really strong lead. I don't know how soon after Amy went missing that they figured that out. But to me, it's got to be somebody who goes to that place often, maybe somebody who works there even, yeah. who would even like have the time or presence of mind to notice something like that. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. What do you think? My first thought is teacher, but knowing that they're that he took it from that place, then it would it then my, that it could be someone who literally works there. Anybody, too, but it though. could be any. Yeah, because like you, he he could have walked in one day and saw that and just would have been like, well, right. Tragically. On February 8th of 1990, so a few months after she went missing, Amy's body was discovered in Ashland County near New London, Ohio, um, several months after she had gone missing. But the medical examiner concluded that she had actually died and her body was dumped not long after she was abducted. So she had been there for a while. It's sort of like when I hear Ashland County, I think of like Amish people. 
Yeah. I, right? There's a there's a college there as well. Oh, is what okay. I think of. Yeah. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. the thing that this brings to mind to me, for me, is that even though, like, in the, the true crime stuff I've seen, like, an abductor might or a murderer might abduct somebody from a random location, maybe just by opportunity or maybe because of some weird research they did ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But typically, I feel like when a body gets dumped, it's usually somewhere that that person has to be a little bit familiar with. Yeah, or, like, lives close there. Exactly, right. Close. Like, I feel like they typically will, because this person had to know that this body could sit out there for months without somebody finding it. So I just feel like between the Lake Erie Nature and Science Center connection, the fact that the body was in Ashland County, like, I start to connect dots in my head. I mean, obviously, I'm not a detective or an investigator, but it just seems like there were so many clues, you know, just with what they had. But it's still something that's never been solved. Another detail that was just kind of creepy, when she was found uh, in her body, they determined that her final meal had contained some sort of soy substance, potentially an artificial chicken product or Chinese food. Hmm. Which I thought was kind of odd because that doesn't sound like something they would have been serving at school for lunch. Yeah. So I'm like, did this person he, he, feed her? He her? And that to me, not trying to be a, a detective, but as the sleuth that I am, um, a lot of time when they do things like that, they know them somehow because they're like kind of taking care of them. Mm. So I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, so what happened? Like, did they ever have any suspects? There were actually a few really strong suspects in the case. Um, a composite sketch was made by an eyewitness um, of the man that was last seen with Amy the day she vanished. Some people who saw him claimed that he had glasses. Other people couldn't really remember. And they described him as Caucasian, between 5'8 and 5'10 inches tall, medium build, and with black hair. And they, one interesting thing that they said about him is that authorities believe that he probably would have had some kind of sudden like behavioral change right after the murder mm-hmm. they said he might be somebody who has a drinking or gambling problem and that he might have had a sudden interest in religion after the murder is that just typical i don't know those seem really specific to me but that's what authorities believe like the profile of this person would be i think a lot of those things could be typical though mm-hmm. um and although there have been dozens of polygraphed Suspects and person of interest in this case. No one has ever been convicted of Amy's murder. Over 20,000 interviews have been conducted in the investigation. And the search for Amy Maholovic was the largest in Cleveland since the also unsolved 1951 disappearance of Beverly Rose Potts, also from Cleveland's West Side. We might go into that one one day because that's a whole story. Is that like the longest... Yeah, that's actually the oldest open missing persons case in Cleveland. Because with Beverly, they never even found her body. She's Mm -hmm. just missing. So another detail of this case, um, you know, after Amy's murder, obviously you can imagine the kind of toll that takes on a family or a parent. Um, Unfortunately, Amy's mother, even if we ever do get justice in this case... Her mother, unfortunately, won't be around to see that. She passed away in October of 2001 from the effects of chronic alcoholism, which the family said was directly caused by the emotional toll of Amy's disappearance. Like this woman, this poor woman, mm-hmm. literally just That's was terrible. just so devastated that she drank herself to death. So it's just, 
it's a really difficult case, I think, for people in Cleveland who do know about it because it's unsolved, because of all the tragedy around it. And the FBI is still offering a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of whoever's responsible for her death. So I know that was dark and sad, but it is a Cleveland story. And I wanted to talk about this case because it's it's truly infamous here. And, you know, maybe it's not one that you'd hear about if you didn't live here. And I think that it's important to, to know Amy's story. Um, and it's important to be aware of how these cases can even affect our community, you know, years after they occur. Like, my mom literally used to say to me, like, don't do that. You're going to get kidnapped like Amy Mahalovic, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. as fucked up as it is, it's like you have to be aware. And, yeah. And I didn't even know about it. Right. So I'm glad that I'm aware now and I know her story. Yeah, and the other reason I think it's important is that there are still children taken in Cleveland on a daily basis, just like Amy Mihaljevic. Um, I did a little bit of research, and right now there are 1,252 missing persons cases in the whole state of Ohio. Mm. Of that number, 532 are juveniles, so almost okay, half. Yeah. And 203 of those are in Cuyahoga County. So a quarter of the missing people, almost a quarter of the missing people in the state are kids in Cuyahoga County. Mm. I just think it's important for everybody to always be aware. You know, an investigator who worked on Amy's case spoke with Fox 8 News in 2014, and I really think she put it best. She said, I think sometimes people think, oh, it's nothing. They just kind of dismiss it. They think it's not very much information, but they don't know what we know. And that little bit of information that they have might be all we're looking for. So if you think that you have any information about any missing persons case in Cuyahoga County, you can call the Sheriff's Office's Missing Persons Unit at 216-348-4232. Um, and I also recommend just like staying up to date with missing persons cases in our area. Like you never know when you're going to be the person who sees something that might help. There's a really great weekly segment on Fox 8 News hosted by Amanda Berry, who was one of who survived Ariel Castro. Mm -hmm. um, and they uh, cover missing people from Cleveland. And there's even a Facebook group called Cleveland Missing that, oh, um, I, that I try out. to keep up with, too. Yeah. But yeah, I hope well, you guys enjoyed the story and sorry if it bummed you out. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait for more yes. different true crime Cleveland stuff. Yes. So. More of the Cleaver Ooh. to come. Dum dum dum. <laughs> so Ryan, you ready for the plug? <gasps> oh, the plug! Ryan loves the plug. I love the plug. <laughs> there, yes, it's this the is, best part of the week. It is. You know, <laughs> I I always look forward to the things at the back end. Ooh, girl, the back end of the cast yes. where we plug, uh, just some of our favorite Cleveland. Places, things, just a quick little, here's something coming up and we think you should check it out. Yes. Um, my plug for this week is actually going to be a, a food. Mm. We're going to do a lot of food here. There's okay? nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We're, I mean, we like to eat. So I went to Taco Tonto's mm -hmm. this week and I'm plugging Taco Tonto's because I truly feel like it is underrated yes. in the Cleveland taco scene. And... We all know the the king the king in quotes of the Cleveland taco scene is Barrio. Blech. There's uh, 
tons of locations. Everyone loves it. People are obsessed with Barrio. And I'll say, like, look, I love a successful Cleveland-based business. Like, I'm not... Like, they've literally expanded a lot. Mm -hmm. They're in Michigan now. I think they're getting ready to open one in Michigan. So that's really cool. Good for them. Kudos for that. I don't know why people like those tacos. It's not my favorite taco It's just not. It's... I mean, honestly, it's in the very low half, probably, of my taco list for Cleveland. And in case people are like, what the fuck, why? They're soggy and they're they're not cold. And they're cold. cold. Yeah, they're cold. They're not warm. And I need a warm gooey cheesy crunchy taco and it's just not those things taco tantos there's one in lakewood and there's one in kent the one in lakewood i think is off of um, madison Mm -hmm. and kind of like near mahal's area and there it's really delicious the tacos are about like four four fifty i believe Mm -hmm. and they um they're big yeah, they are big. I The last time we went together, I was really... Because you usually get the tacos and I usually get a burrito, despite their name being Taco Tantos. But yours was really big. Yeah, I got two different kinds. And the one I'm going to suggest is always is going to be a soft shell and a hard shell. And it's glued by some queso. Mm. And it's so delicious. You could get whatever filling and whatever you want in. But mm, that glue with the soft and crunchy. Their queso is that's very so good. good. Yes, their queso is very delicious. So the only thing I will say about Taco Tantos is it's like 75 cents per topping. Yeah. So, you know, if you like a lot of things on your tacos, which is like a barrio, you know what I mean? Like you can really dump a lot of stuff on there, <laughs> which I think is kind of where it falls sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a happy dog too. Yeah. You know, like whenever you put too much stuff on, it can kind of just compromise the like sometimes. the integrity of the dish. Totally. So I will say that you don't need a lot of toppings no. for, for their stuff. So, you know, it comes with like sour cream, I think, lettuce, tomatoes, and cheese. And if you want to add like a black olive, a jalapeno, pickled onion, guacamole, whatever, you could do that. 75 cents each though. So that's my plug for this week, Taco Tantos. Yeah, I think it's worth it even even though you have to add your toppings. Like for my burrito, even if it ends up being like an 11 or $12 burrito, it could seriously be three meals. It's humongous yeah um so it's it's delicious and uh i'm mad that you plugged it because i was i would have plugged it it's great love taco tantos what's your plug for this week my plug for this week is an event slash sort of a organization it's it's a recurring event um called keep talking Ooh, a storytelling show. Yes, it is a storytelling show. Um, So it occurs on the first Wednesday of every month at Happy Dog, which you just mentioned, which is a really awesome bar slash restaurant in the Detroit Shoreway, which is actually our former neighborhood when we used to live together. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Um, Happy Dog, they do hot dogs, which are delicious, and you can add a ton of, like, incredible some wacky but mostly just fucking delicious toppings Mm. and sauces that's my favorite thing about happy dog you don't even need a hot dog like if you're hearing this and you're like i don't like hot dogs just go and get tater tots and ask them for every sauce they can give you a sample of because they're amazing anyway though um keep talking is sponsored by idea stream um and it's a storytelling event that happens as i said every first wednesday of the month at happy dog 
Um, I believe it's $5 to attend, but all the money is going back to IdeaStream, which is great, obviously, mm-hmm. and what we want. Um, but it features local storytellers. I believe there's usually like five or six people when I've gone. And there's a different theme to the show every month. So sometimes it's timely, like with whatever is going on. Uh, there's one on February 5th which is going to be a dating theme, you know, for Valentine's Day. So all stories about dating. And the thing I really love about it is, like, even though they're putting a theme to it, they don't want you to feel, like, locked in. Like, just be loose with it. Like, be creative about it. Like, just find a way to make it real. Like, I really like that they're just, like, really open to, like, just fucking send it to them and they'll tell you, you know, what's wrong about it or like, and you have to be really open to that. But. Yeah. And I think it's funny. We actually went to a dating themed one, probably for around Valentine's yes. Day before. Last year. And what was really cool about it is all the stories were so varied. Yes. Like some yeah. were funny and some were like serious mm-hmm. and obviously some were heartbreak and some weren't mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? So Sometimes they always really scary. do a good job at like really pulling from different perspectives, which is nice. I really recommend checking that out. Like I said, it's the first Wednesday of every month at Happy Dog, which is on uh, Detroit Avenue in the Detroit Shoreway neighborhood. The next one is on Wednesday, February 5th. You can also go to IdeaStream's website to listen to old ones if Mm -hmm. you want to listen and see kind of see what it's like before you go. And you should totally submit one, like, because I'm pretty sure if you submit one, even if they don't use it, they'll give you feedback and, like, you can just make it better. And that's kind of fun if you like to write. Well, it's been a wonderful time recording here this week. My voice is so tired from cheering and hooting and hollering at Drag Brunch and then talking for, like, a solid 55 minutes straight almost. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Well, we hope you have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll we'll see see you in Cleveland. Cleveland.